0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Johnny Broadworth, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. As I read 2 Corinthians 8, I was reminded of two vivid memories in my life that I'd like to share with you. I share these not to exalt myself, but to highlight the grace of God that I got to witness firsthand. The first was when I was a lot younger. I want to say late elementary school age. My dad had just bought me this awesome toy fort. I was super into army guys, all that. So this toy fort, it had a bunch of the army guy figurines. It looked super realistic. I loved it. So Fast forward a couple days. I mean, it wasn't even a week. And my parents had invited some friends over for dinner. Uh, They're missionaries to China. They have a son my age. And so I'm like, awesome. This kid's going to come over. I can show him my new toy for it. We're going to have fun playing. Well, this kid, he loves playing with my new toy. Uh, He's playing with it the whole time. And as I'm sitting there, I'm just overcome by this feeling that, I should give this kid my new fort. This was unprompted from others. He didn't ask for it. My parents didn't tell me to. I really think it was the grace of God moving me to give this kid my fort. I'm thinking, I have lots of toys. This guy lives in China, probably doesn't have a lot of toys. He probably gets lonely over there, not being able to interact with kids because of the language barrier. Um, I think he should take my fort. So I go upstairs to my dad who had just given me this toy and I'm fighting back tears. And I but I ask him, Can I give this kid my new fort? I still remember this strange combo of emotions where I was both fighting back tears, but also truly wanting to give this kid my fort because I I, I just I wanted to. And I think that was the grace of God. Uh, but fast forward to college, I'm now a broke college student, no money and no toy fort to distract me from homework. Um, it's Christmas time. So I get to fly home. I'm with my family because I'm broke. I had to really get creative with gifts for my family. Additionally, I remember talking with my mom about some bill that I needed to pay. It wasn't anything crazy big, but as a broke college student, it felt like a lot of money. Well, my sister, she comes downstairs and she's like she's super excited to give me a gift and she wants me to open it early before Christmas. So she walks out with this huge balloon, hands me a needle. I'm thinking, hmm, a toy fort cannot fit in a balloon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was I was perplexed as to why she was so excited for me to open this gift balloon. Anyways, I popped the balloon and all these dollar bills start falling from the sky where the balloon used to be. When I gathered all the money together, it was exactly what I needed to pay the bill that my mom and I had been talking about. As someone who is more financially in need, I felt overwhelmed by the kindness and generosity of my sister. Her generosity continued throughout the rest of that school year and she would rent randomly Venmo me some money to get a coffee, to do laundry, just random acts of generosity and kindness to help me out. Again, I share these stories not to make myself look good, but to highlight the grace of God both moving in me to give to that kid and also in God's grace providing for me in my moments of need. What we see in 2 Corinthians 8 makes these other examples pale in comparison. We see the example of the churches of Macedonia who, though they were afflicted, persecuted, and also in poverty, they gave according to their means and beyond their means of their own accord, begging earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. They did this because of the grace of God that was given to them. Let's dive into 2 Corinthians 8, 1-5. It says this we want you to know brothers about the grace of god that has been given among the churches of macedonia for in a severe test of affliction their abundance of joy in their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part for they gave according to their means as i can testify and beyond their means of their own accord begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and and then by the will of God to us. They first gave themselves to the Lord. Then as an outworking of that, they gave themselves to others. This is so important that it happens in this order. By giving themselves first to the Lord They submitted themselves and their possessions to God. They yielded to his will. They said, we are not owners of these things, but stewards. You, our Lord, tell us how to use these things and we will do it. Because they had already given themselves fully over to God, they were more readily able to give themselves over to sacrificial generosity for the other saints. They did not do this out of a commitment to Paul or because of pressure from others, but because they had given themselves to God first and thus felt called to give sacrificially to these other saints who were in need. If you go down to verse seven uh, in the following verses, it says, but as you excel in everything in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also." I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. So Paul gave this example of a church, the churches in Macedonia who gave sacrificially, and then he's exhorting the the Corinthian church to do the same. As I grow in my walk, I know that I need to grow in my pursuit of holiness. I know that I need to be more like Christ. I know that I need to grow in my knowledge of God. I know that my speech needs to be more and more saturated with Scripture, truth, and love. But I don't often think about how I need to grow in this act of grace, of giving sacrificially. Just as we work hard to excel in our relationship with God Our prayer life, self-control, patience, kindness, gentleness, we should also look to excel in sacrificial giving. We experienced the greatest act of sacrificial love and giving in our Lord Jesus Christ when He humbled Himself to the lowliest of states, brutal humiliation, and death on a cross in weak human flesh. For people who hate God, so that we could experience life everlasting with holy, glorious God. When we understand this and give ourselves to God, who loved us in this way, we can be more ready and able to give to others who are in need. This is an expression of the love of God to our brothers and sisters, and it also displays the love of God to a world blinded by sin and the idol of self and me first And the American dream. Well, to wrap up this section, Paul says, In this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now, finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need, so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Paul clarifies here, don't give what you don't have. If someone is in need of $10,000, don't go take out a loan. Give the person in need the $10,000 and then be in bondage to debt. I also don't think that Paul is making a case for socialism. Rather, if you've given yourself and your possessions to God, then look at what you have and pray about how God may use that to meet the need of someone else. If God has blessed you with an abundance, use that to bless others. Oftentimes people are praying that the Lord will provide for their needs. We are the body of Christ here on earth. What if God is blessing you with an abundance so that he can work through you to supply the needs of another brother in Christ? On the flip side, if you are in need, have faith that God will supply your need. And don't be too proud or stubborn to accept the help of your brothers and sisters in Christ, because that may be God answering your prayers to meet your needs. This is all for the glory of God. As Paul says later in 2 Corinthians 8.21, we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. Honorable in the Lord's sight, because we fear God. And honorable in the sight of man, so that they will give glory to God, so that we don't bring reproach on God's holy name. As we seek to excel in this act of grace, we should seek to do so honorably. By way of application, when I find an extra $20 bill lying around or find some financial surplus in the budget, it's so easy to think, awesome, I can go enjoy a nice dinner with my wife tonight. Maybe I can get a new coffee machine or something. But what if my first inclination was, Lord, thank you for this abundance, this blessing. Is there someone in need who you want me to help with this financial surplus? Briefly in closing, if you look at Ecclesiastes 10-12, through 12, our other passage for scripture today, it provides us with a lot of wisdom, as if drinking from a fire hydrant. We see wisdom in exhortations to work hard, to steward our earthly possessions in wise ways. When God blesses us with earthly provisions, we are given practical wisdom on how to handle those things wisely whether that is through giving to others or continuing to steward the things in our possession. Working hard and enjoying life to the glory of God as we fear Him and serve Him. We see that one day we will give an account to God for all of our actions, public and private, and that includes stewardship of our earthly possessions. In closing, let's look at Ecclesiastes 12 verse 14. For God will bring every deed into judgment, with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So I encourage you today, as you go about your day, spend time and ask the Lord how He may use you and your material blessings to bless someone else. And hold on to those things loosely, so that we can glorify God in everything, even in our sacrificial giving. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. Pastor Ben Blakey will be back on August 22nd. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.